Over the Ball is brought to you by Soccer America. Soccer America, the soccer paper of record. Go to SoccerAmerica.com and sign up for your subscription today. More information on all our sponsors at OverTheBall.com slash sponsors. Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn and Dave Gallego. Uh, today, great show. We have head coach Mike Noonan from the Clemson Tigers, the national champions uh, on Monday, his second national championship in three years. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Dave, uh, a great weekend of soccer. Got to watch uh, Euro stuff, Premier League stuff. Then I got to watch MLS Cup on Saturday and then um, on uh, Sunday, a little more Premier. And then Monday, got to watch this uh, national championship. What did, what did you do? Yeah, you know, I was all in on uh, the MLS finals, which was actually a very entertaining game. Yeah, and um, and then I watched uh, Clemson. Unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I went to their in-state rival, South Carolina. I got to see Clemson win a, another yet another national championship. So uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting with Mike. Um, yeah, exciting, exciting weekend of uh, of football. Yeah, you know, I mean, first the MLS championship it was uh you know columbus is a great town uh i played there before mls and it was always supportive um and they have a new stadium and the the, the city just really gets behind that team and it was a great win and they played a, a, a great brand of soccer they were the better team that day i know a lot of the players um you know on lafc saying we were as good as that team but today they were a better team uh so it was pretty exciting and then i also thought you know the halftime talk by don garber the commissioner you know, I, it's their job to paint a rosy picture, but boy, when, you know, looking back, uh, you know, in the, the 30, 40, 40 years I've been following this game here in this country, um, the progress has been unbelievable. You know, you have the, the you know, all the tournaments coming here this year, including the World Cup. Uh, it, it is a great time for soccer. Apple, the deal with MLS, uh, the whole Lionel Messi thing, it's a, it's, it's really a huge difference from the environment that uh, that you and I sort of grew up playing in. Much different, much yeah. different. I mean, kudos uh, to Garber on the success of the league. It's unbelievable how they grow. Because uh, if you remember back when we were kids, the NASL they grew all right, but they did not have the players to, to support it. I mean, there's only uh, only so many Beckenbauer's and Pele's that uh, that can go around. Uh, they grew too way too quickly, and they failed miserably. But the MLS quite the opposite they have soccer only stadiums like columbus being the the poster boy for that and um you know look great for the league and great for columbus as as you know they almost lost their franchise they almost moved and it was yeah, great yeah. that they stayed so you know just a great final I, I, I was very happy to watch it i was entertained uh just great stuff great stuff hell of a coach too a lot of people are talking about him as the too bad he couldn't have been the national team coach um, rookie coach rookie yeah, coach. I mean, he's, he's done a lot with that team and um you know look the nasl made a mistake by over expanding and by the time i got out of college it, had, it was defunct um but you know don garber comes from an nfl background i think he saw the potential in a league like this mark abbott was really the the architect of the infrastructure that sort of built this league on fiscal responsibility um you know I mean, I hear a lot of squawking about relegation, but, you know, a lot of these owners put their money in and they want a team that's in the league. And 
So uh, to watch the growth over the years has been uh, has been really incredible. I'm watching Bill Maher on Friday night, and he shit on soccer. I'm used to that. He's almost seventy years old, so that kind of did he really? Did, what did he? What did he have to say? Well, he just said when a good quarterback gets hurt and uh, there's no good quarterback on a team, it's like it's so boring. It's like watching soccer. So um, ah yeah ah all right. It's, well, you know what? Kind of a, he was kind of always an asshole. I almost punched him out when I first moved to L.A. Yeah, you know, I have no problems with Bill Maher, but now that I know that he had something derogatory to say about our uh, our, our beloved sport, okay. well, well, I don't know about that. Well, the thing is, Davey, it's uh, it, it, we always heard that growing up, so it's just you hear a lot less of it now, and certainly the younger generation, they're all behind it. They realize it's an international game. There's an amazing, amazing soccer out there. So, um, you know, and it's funny. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Heisman Trophy um, awards and it was interesting talking about, there was an article in the Washington post about the amount of Heisman trophy winners that have CTE, uh, concussion. And I just, I think that that league, I always make a bet whenever there's a, a negative article on concussions and the NFL, the next two, three weeks, you start to see some sort of obfuscation with other articles about, well, there's concussions in soccer. Well, they're in hockey. Well, in women, you know, so it's sort of like it's the multi-billion dollar baby. It rules the roost all weekend. But uh, there's a place for our game uh, in this country. And I think we're proving that every day. So yeah. I'm excited um, to talk to Mike Noonan. It'll be the first time you get a chance to talk to him, Dave. Uh, you know, we were both players getting recruited out of Connecticut around the same time. Um you know, and, uh, you know, Mike was, we were both all in New England, I think a year apart maybe, but he went to Middlebury. I went to UMass. And so, uh, he was a great player right away, stepped into the program. I think he was an All-American by his sophomore year up there. Um, three-time All-American and, um, a great team. Middlebury had a great coach named Ron McEachin and we used to scrimmage them and we were a division one team. He was, they were division three. And I always bring that up like it really matters because everybody was, uh, you know, played at a high level, but, um, we then went on a tour and that's how I really got to meet him because we were rivals forever. And then all of a sudden we met, uh, on this tour, this team USA tour and we played indoor and boy, by the end of the month, we were fast friends. So, um, it's been great to see his rise as a, as a coach. And, you know, we get a chance to talk to him a little bit, but he's the best. He's always said this, the best coaches are educators because every single kid that you get in your program is motivated in a different way. It comes from a different background, comes from a different culture. And you really have to sort of um, massage the team and, and, and put it into shape. So it's it's really great to see the success he's had. Um, you know, in the interview that we did with him, you mentioned a couple of the schools that he was at. You obviously did your due diligence on him. But, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I'm impressed about, and I'm going to talk to him about it, is the academic supremacy that, that his soccer teams have. And I think that's something he maybe took from Brown. You know, you mentioned that in the interview. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know, you talk about talk about the team and the and the composure of the team and being an educator. You know, it's interesting because something that American football doesn't have are international players. And you look at the makeup of the Clemson team and many other teams in the country. And for Clemson, they have players from France, from Brazil, from Senegal, from Spain. So you know, as a coach to be an educator, he's got a speak different languages i mean i know they all speak english but okay. he has to use different body language perhaps he has to emphasize different words he's got to get his point across to, to so many different uh, ethnicities so right uh, you know just it, it's very very 
impressive that any coach can do it. And of course, he won the national championship, so he did something right. You know, and I, I have mixed uh, feelings about that. You know, and I think it's something we should have him back on the show for to speak specifically about because, you know, um, when I was getting ready to go to college, most of the Division One teams were filled with foreign players, and so to be an American player on a Division One team uh, was kind of rare. Uh, and then it became the norm. And now, for some reason, it's sort of become uh, the norm again for to have a lot of foreign players on there. I think a lot of these uh, club teams are, and you know, uh, MLS Next and all these other things are developing players. They're taking them away from the college game. And I think a lot of foreign players see, well, America's a place I can go, get a great education, and I can also still, perf- you know, perhaps play professional soccer at the end of my career. So uh, it's been a change for sure. It's been a change, but I wonder if a player like myself or Noonan would have gotten a chance uh, at a different uh, college at a different time. Right, right. No, very interesting. And you, you yeah. only really, you only really see it in in maybe college basketball. I mean, you don't see it in baseball. Um, you don't see it in obviously in in football. I mean, maybe you see it in some of these other smaller ancillary sports, but really, it's just soccer and and, and basketball. So, um, you know, I, I played two years in the indoor league and then uh, I left on the third year. Noonan went back and he played for a, an expansion team called the Fort Wayne Flames in the indoor league. And I went to graduate school at BU uh, where I was the assistant coach of the soccer team there. And uh, Mike broke his leg uh, three quarters of the way through the season. And I'm always I always feel like it was a hell of a compliment from one of my own my buddies because uh, he asked the coach when he broke his leg, the coach said, who can we get? And he said you know, Kevin Flynn. So I flew in, I, I dropped out of graduate school because the season was over and uh, I met the team in, uh, in Tampa and, you know, got to play against Rodney Marsh and, and uh, I tried to fill Mike Noonan's shoes, which is always uh, difficult. You know, he, uh, he was a hell of a player. So it'll how be much nice did, to talk um, to How much did Tanya Harding charge you to do that to Noonan? <laughs> exactly. Because like, wow, good reference. Good reference, Dave. I'm you know, good like I'm that, buddy. Carbon test that that reference. Very good. <laughs> All right, so good stuff, uh, Dave Gallegos, Kevin Flynn here. Uh, stick with us, everybody. Coming back, our interview with uh, national champion head coach Mike Noonan of the Clemson Tigers. All right, joining us now on Over the Ball, as uh, as we told you a little earlier, head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Coach Mike Noonan. Coach, uh, first of all, congratulations. Second national championship, three years. Uh, have your feet touched the ground yet? Uh, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> I was just telling these guys earlier, we uh, we had to fly back straight from the game last night because guys had exams at 8 o'clock this morning. You know, I, it's funny. I've known you forever. And uh, since the War of 1812, we were in battles <laughs> together. But, I, you know, one of the things looking at your, your bio just – the amazing things you've done as a coach and the amount of players you put in MLS. One of the main things that jumps out at me is, uh, you know, the best coaches are educators and, you know, your guys, one of the things you're always very proud of is, uh, after 12 seasons, I know you had 43 academic, all ACC team members. Uh, the guys had the GPA of a 3.56, which if you add all four of my years up together, I'm not sure if it would add up to that. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So it's really important. So why don't we talk about that first? You know, you've you've brought some great teams together, but what is it about uh, the importance of shaping young men? Yeah, it's uh, it's my life's work, and it's it's the most important part of what I do every day. And uh, you know, you and I both know plenty. We needed plenty of shaping between the ages of eighteen and twenty-two, and uh, I grew a passion for it, and uh, just uh, just really excited to be able to do it every day, and still passionate about. Uh, 
know, interacting with uh, with guys through the through the game. And the game has just been a treat uh, for me throughout my whole life. And just try to use. Uh, I, I keep telling people, I'm just uh, I'm just a teacher in short pants. <laughs> well, you, you've you've done a great job. Um, this was a great win. Uh, in the cold, it looked cold. You had your ski hat on there, uh, the Clemson ski hat. Um, reminded me of looking at you back in your Middlebury days when you were a player, getting ready to go out on the pitch <laughs> in November with the frozen field. But talk about this team in particular and um, how it was different. I know you guys had a, you actually had a tough start, um, and you had to sit the guys down and and sort of reevaluate the season, and and you turned it around. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean it, the the current affairs and status in college athletics make things a little bit difficult. Uh, transfer portals, NIL. Uh, and bringing a team together, I mean, you, you, change is important, but it's, it's difficult when you, you only play a nine-week season. You only have a two-week preseason. Uh, and we have 14 new players on the team. I mean, the, the 2021 team obviously was decimated in the MLS draft, and most of those guys are still playing. Last year, we had the number one player in the draft, and there was another GA, Joey Skinner, left. We, so we lost a lot of guys. And right. – in our sport, you know plenty. It's it's not a coach directed sport. It's a player directed sport, and the players have to have synergy with themselves, and that takes time uh, to develop. And that's all that was happening at the beginning of the year. We played some really good teams, Notre Dame being one, UCF, right. UCF, who wound up being number one in the country for half the season, um, and uh, you know our rival, South Carolina, and and we were two two and one. And there were a lot of new guys asking questions because the expectations at Clemson is you win. Oh, yeah. And we weren't winning. We weren't winning at the level that we were supposed to. Yeah. So you know what? You uh, you, you really bring up a great point because I, one of my questions was, well, first and foremost, I think what, what our listeners really want to know is, so you and Kevin go way back, you were roommates, and you're still talking to this guy? <laughs> uh, he's yeah. I'm lucky he's talking to me. Uh, yeah. uh, and that's uh, no, okay, because I know a lot of people are puzzled by that. But uh, all right, shows a great deal of um, of patience on your part. Maybe you would just wear headphones most of the time. You don't even have to listen to this guy. But uh, listen, um, I know you have a lot of questions for me. However, this is all about you, my friend. Little we joke, there, little joke. The humor, little I love joke. it. All right, well, that that one. Uh, um, maybe my mic's not on, but um, yeah. all right. So, uh, well, first and foremost, or maybe second and second most, I I went to school uh, at your bitter bitter rivals. I uh, I actually graduated from the university University of South Carolina. So uh, I do congratulate you with a, a great deal of envy. But uh, congratulations once again. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, to 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 your point, I, I just wanted to touch on that. As a coach, when you have such little time to prepare for the season, you have less than a month, you have two, three weeks to prepare for a season. How do you do that? Because you're still trying to get to know what you even have. I know you've recruited these guys and you've seen film and you've seen them play, but in terms of putting everybody together, how do you make that work on such a short period of time? Well, you put a lot of the onus on the players, uh, you know, and it's not just the, the two hours that you have them in training every day. Uh, you develop uh, some, you know, off the field routines uh, and and abilities. Uh, when you go on the road, you room guys with different guys. You, um, you just do a lot of different things to try and uh, teach chemistry. And, you know, we had an outing, we have a we have a great sports performance psychologist, uh, Milt Louder, and 
he's got a place that's the you know called Mill Pine that's outdoors, and he brought us all together. And we, you know, it was the Olympics. We were skeet shooting, we were hitting wiffle balls, we were playing ping pong, uh, you know, cornhole, basketball, and you know, just competing, right, but right. in different ways. Right, and, right. And uh, so, you know, you just try to find ways to to get it done and get it done quickly. But the greatest way to do it, and the only real way to do it, is to play the game. Right, right, and then, you know, and, that, and then get some adversity, right, and then see if you can get through that. Yeah, and uh, so now, yeah, and again, because I don't think people realize just what a short amount of time you have to prepare. And again, the season it starts right away, and you know, you guys, the A, I mean, you playing in the ACC. I mean, forget about the NCAA tournament, just the ACC. I mean, you've got like I, I believe you have seven of the top twenty teams. Uh, historically, or on an annual basis, that are are in the top top twenty. Right. So it's just it's just a killer. But uh, another thing I wanted to ask, um, and actually, there's a million things I want to ask, but I know you have to go celebrate at some point. Uh, so Clemson soccer has now won four national championships. Clemson football has only won three. So do you walk past Dabo's office and hold up four fingers, or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if I did, he sh- he'd hold up the middle finger because he's still a king. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, Davo's great. He was one of the first people to text me last night, and uh, you know, he he said the race is on. You know, first one to three wins because he's won two and I've won two. So yeah, uh, you know, that's a uh, and and we have great banter within the the head coaches. We've got a great group of head coaches here, and. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just a lot of fun because Clemson is, is it's a fantastic academic school. It's a great place to be. It's uh, They say there's something in the hills, but really athletics is, it's one of the few places where athletics is part of the fabric of the university. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. No, no, that, no, that makes well. it, that makes, yeah, that makes it a special place to, uh, that makes it a special place to, to work every day and uh, um, to do what we do. Yeah, well, you know, coach, coach, let me, um, uh, with Dave's long-winded questions here, let me get a quick one in. Um, no, you know, it reminds me of a buddy of mine who wrestled at Iowa, you know, with you guys in the ACC. He said, just to get out of my weight class in school was like a win. So getting out of the ACCs, I think playing in the ACCs, you win the ACCs, really gets you ready for the postseason. And the other thing, was just to, to Dave's point, you guys have a lot more than two weeks now to prepare. It's kind of a year-round program, isn't it? Bringing guys in and out and mentors and guys going pro and guys coming back. Um, it's a lot more coaching now than there's ever been, right? Well, <laughs> we work every day, Flinny, but I, uh, I'll be honest yeah. with you. Uh, having, again, what I talked about earlier, the synergy to have the team. We took, we took the team to Italy, uh, which was a great part of our chemistry building back in mm-hmm. May. But there were seven, eight, nine, ten guys who weren't on the trip. There were six Uh-oh. starters. Noonan's doing math. That was <laughs> scary. Six starters. Six starters from last night's game who were not on the trip. Wow. But Why then, is that? They came in late? Late transfers? Yeah. Or what was the story? Two late transfers and freshmen and yeah. national national team call up for one of the guys. So it was, uh, it's it, it, it's it's always a juggling act, and you're always just you know doing your best to work with what you have. And I, uh, you know, somehow it all comes together. 
And they played a really great brand of soccer. It, you know, and, and I thought Notre Dame was a good team. Um, they beat them earlier in the year. They, Notre Dame beat yeah, them earlier in the you year. Know, Number one seed in the ACC. And I think um, they played physical, but but they played well. So it was, but Clemson, I think, you know, played better. You knocked it around um, really well. And and then, you know, at halftime, I don't know if you're aware, but Char- uh, Governor Baker, Charlie Baker is now the head of the NCAA. He was uh, interviewed and he, uh, it seems like there might be an opportunity for this split season to be taken up again. I know you've been a big part of it, along with St. John's, Dave Mazur and Sasha Sarovsky at, uh, at Maryland. Um, boy, watching how much how elevated college soccer is from when we played um you know it's a it's it's a real growth so i'm wondering is that the next step is that something that uh look you just won a national championship you're probably thinking of other things right now but is that something that that's going to be picked up again you think yeah Uh, and really that's forefront of our minds uh, as coaches uh is that we need to expand our season uh, and it's really not expansion. What it is is a, a, a redistribution of games throughout the season for the betterment of the health of our student-athletes in the game. Um, you know, like I told you, we got back. We, we had to fly straight back after the game last night. And we got in at 2 o'clock in the morning, and guys had 8 o'clock exams. If we had the split season, you know, we're doing our championships in May, right? Uh, right. Generally, after exams have taken place mm-hmm. uh, in most places. So it's a uh, – it's something that we're still pushing on. I'm, I'm happy that, that Governor Baker is, uh, is, is open to the idea. And I think once we get these specific sports committees formed, um, it will be taken up and I think it will be passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in some respect, there's an acknowledgement of the physicality that it takes to play two games in a short period of time. You know, NCAA Final Fours in the past have been, what, a Friday night game, a doubleheader, and then you play on Sunday. And um, Not you know, Sunday. Sunday at noon. Right. Yeah. 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 So you're done Friday night at 11 o'clock and then you're playing Sunday at noon. It's impossible. Yeah. And people were asking me why Monday. And I thought, well, you know, you got the NFL schedules like, you know, taking up the airwaves and um, you had MLS Cup on Saturday. So I think, um, you know, and, and it was able to be accessible on ESPNU. So it was. You know, look, I think that was an acknowledgement of how physical the game is. I mean, your players, both sides just on the ball, they were they were going hard. You almost had a shutout there. Almost. Um Almost, but uh, but it. I think you see the physicality of the game there. So hopefully, there's an acknowledgement of that as you move ahead. So, so we we talked about um, Dabo earlier, and you know, Dabo, you almost felt there was a sense of frustration on his part earlier. I mean, it was well publicized that he feels that Clemson fans are are almost spoiled by their success. And if they fall outside of the college playoff, the fans unfairly consider the season to be less less successful. Uh, so can you describe – so you came from Brown. That was your prior gig before Clemson, and you were incredibly successful there. And at Brown – One of my safety schools, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah. you were Brown Community College. Two different things, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> hey, even that would be good. BCC, <laughs> buddy. BCC. So you went from Brown where athletic, athletic success has, has a level of importance uh, to Clemson where winning means – virtually everything to the university, the state, the alumni. Um, so describe the transition and your reaction when you went from Brown to, to Clemson, where Clemson, it just hits you in the face with, okay, buddy, you're here to do one job. You better win. Just win, baby. 
Yeah. In 2010, when we arrived, the program was a mess. The last place of the ACC. Uh, and uh, I came in in the winter, and they said, uh, they said there are only two sports at Clemson. I said, oh, what's that? They said, uh, football and spring football. Um, <laughs> and, and I said, well, what do you mean? And, and a month later, they had the spring game, and there were 40,000 people in the stands. I said, who are they playing? They said, they're playing each other. I said, they bring in 40,000 people? Um, so it, it, that was cool. And, and I did – I had wanted that. I was at the University of New Hampshire, Wheaton College, and, and then Brown. And Brown was a wonderful stay and stop, as were, as were the others. But I wanted to be challenged by – that stage. I wanted to be held accountable if I wasn't going to win. Uh, I wanted to be tested. And uh, Clemson is certainly a place that, that, that does that. And uh, we were able to gain some traction in the, uh, in you know, about 2013, 2014, went to the national final 2015 and haven't looked back since. And, and you know, fortunately for me, I don't have to, uh, I'm not under the microscope that Dabo is. Right, right, right. Yeah. People, people. Well, look, you keep winning national championships. You're going to be in because people's expectations get you know, get raised. I mean, it's almost like uh, I was back in New England uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I had actually had Patriot fans complaining about Belichick. I'm like, really, guys? Really? You know, you just, you just can't win. Well, so, I, hey, I was going to I was going to say that funny that because literally when we were one and two or yeah, whatever we were at the beginning of the season. All over the place. What's wrong with the soccer team? What's wrong with the soccer team? What's wrong with the soccer team? You can walk around the corner. Uh, they're going to be. They're going to suck this year. You know what's wrong with the soccer team? And I'm going like, hold on, will you give us a break? Right. Give yeah. us a little. But that's that's the environment we're in, and you know you'd rather have people paying attention to it than not having people pay attention to it. Absolutely. Right. That's referring to when we played, Michael. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey, we we really were paying just... attention, Flinty. We certainly were. It was our whole lives, but uh, but that's great. Great stuff. Um, all right, so uh, Mike Wojtola at Soccer America sent us over a couple of trivia questions for you, Nunes. We're going to hit you up with them, and we're going to test your Clemson knowledge uh, pre-Mike Noonan, really, some of it. So, um, okay, of the four Clemson players you can name, uh, who played in a World Cup? Uh, Out of Bruce? these four, I'll give I'll give, you uh, want me to give you a four? You don't even need him. Well, you, go ahead. Oh, he, he was, he was about to say one of them. Cup? He was about to say one of them there. Oh, he'll know one of them. I was, he might get all four, actually. But uh, All right, so which one's played in the World Cup? Bruce Murray, Eric Eichmann, Gucci, Stu Holden. Uh, the first. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce played. Eric did. Gucci did. I don't think Stu played. Uh, in in the, he was on the national team, but I don't think he played in a World Cup. Yeah, Stu got screwed. Stu got yeah. screwed. He got that terrible knee injury. So, yeah. all right, here's here's one that I like. Um, can you name two famous Clemson alumni? One's in politics, and one was an actor. I can get a little more specific if you need yeah. it. Yeah, uh, Nikki Haley in politics. Oh, there you very good. Yeah. Um, that's easy. That's easy. Come on. That's an and easy the one. The actor, the actor, the actor. The this actor. dude, this one, this one surprised me big time. I don't have the actor. Lee Bryce, I know, is a is a musician, but he's not an actor. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, how about that? Yeah, I don't know how that ever happened. He would have been a he's a big boy. He could have been a nice center back for you guys, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there you go. Well done, Mike. 
Well, the, so great. So, the University um, of South Carolina has Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish. So just you know, just for the record, I have to yeah, represent. And their drummer, I have to represent. And their drummer was a soccer player. Yeah, drummer was show. That's right, yeah, Sonnenfeld. I just went. I just went and saw Darius with my family this year. It was awesome. He plays. Uh, he plays golf out of uh, out of the same golf club down in uh, Charleston that my daughter takes lessons from. So uh, it's a uh, great track. You know who goes? I might go to this the Hootie and the Blowfish tournament they have every year. Yeah, it's always fun. I think it's in North Carolina. So now it's um, in South well, Carolina. Great stuff, man. We we appreciate you taking time to talk to us. I um. Yeah. You know, I know the whole Noonan family and, um, you know, I, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. But, you know, your mom passed uh, in the middle of this NCAA run. Yeah, sure. um, oh, sorry for Margaret, your loss. And, sorry, buddy. Yeah. Margaret, she was uh, yeah. one hell of a woman put up with the uh, the Noonan boys and they they have all achieved and done so well. She uh, was so proud of you guys. So, yeah. well, she was the 12th man last night and, uh, you know, she she had the best seat in the house to uh, to watch us bring home the natty. Oh, fantastic. Sorry about your loss, buddy. That's horrible news. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Well, she was 89 years old and she lived a hell of a life. She uh, did. And, um, you know, and also your brother, you know, look, so I'm always happy about, we played in what was basically a, uh, it was the major league, but it was a minor league, but it was a lot of the guys that played in that league have carried American soccer forward yourself and Dave Mazur. And and they mentioned Sasha earlier, your brother, who was an all American player at uh, Duke, um, is now, uh, doing his part up in Canada. Talk about that a little bit before we get going here. Yeah, Mark Mark is the uh, is the commissioner of the Canadian Premier League, which is the professional league up in Canada, and uh, he's been at it for about a little little less than a year. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little more than a year now. And uh, yeah. it's a really evolving league and he's a uh, he's a perfect person for it because he's had a lot of experience at US soccer and um, and in the MLS, uh, and he helped grow the MLS, uh, and he's got a big challenge up there, but, uh, you know, and the biggest challenge I think right now he has is, is his media partners and, uh, and, uh, infrastructure in terms of facilities and stadiums and practice facilities, those types of things, but it's vibrant. And yeah. as a matter of fact, we've, we've got a couple of guys probably who uh, are coming off this national championship team. Uh, there were three of their coaches uh, in the stands last night, and we'll probably have a couple guys off of our team go up there and play. Well, fantastic, buddy. We've done a great job. Proud to uh, know you, call you my friend for a long time. And if I can just tell you one secret that your mother told me, she said that the uh, the girl Noonans were better soccer players than the boys. That's all I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the only, it's the only white lie she ever had. <laughs> all right coach mike noon of the national champion clemson tigers thanks so much for joining us on the on over the ball yeah hey mike and um if you wouldn't mind maybe uh, we'd love to have you back uh sometime in the near future because uh, we have a ton of questions about nil and and uh, recruiting and, and and just the face of uh, american soccer uh in in, in the uh, college athletics landscape so we, we'd love to chat with you again in the near future my friend yeah, no, I'd be happy to. And anytime Tony calls me, I usually don't pick up the phone, but today I did. <laughs> well, congratulations <laughs> once again, my friend. All right, thanks, guys. Well, Dave, that was that was fun to see Dave, uh, to see Mike. The team had a flyback at two in the morning, and then the kids had class at eight in the morning. So, uh, college athletics, man, it's a, it's a lot know, of the kids. They let school get in the way. That's unbelievable. That that's a good thing at the end of the day, you know. Uh, it's funny we were talking about the MLS championship. Uh, their their coach, Wilfred Nancy. I guess his pep talk uh, wasn't strategy laden or anything. He just showed the team photographs of them from their childhood. Yeah, and I thought 
that's you know what what motivates players and you know talking to mike uh, coach noon we just sort of saw that like wow you got to get build a team get these guys to believe in each other uh, fight for each other have each other's backs and uh and if you do things right you can win a national championship so it's fantastic well i'm looking forward to having him back uh you guys go way back and i've got so mm-hmm. many questions for both of you and there's so many stories you could share so let's get him back soon it was uh yeah. you know great chatting with him Dave, there's so many stories we can't share. That's uh, <laughs> so. Hey, I got a quick question for you. All right, and it's kind of depressing in a way. This is from Soccer America and Mike Wojtyla. How many Americans started MLS Cup in 2023? How many Americans right started in the MLS Cup this year? How many Americans? Gosh, um, it's not good, bro. I'll tell you that. Uh, is the over over under five? The number is five. The number is five. Jeez. All right. So out of twenty-two players, we're talking about starters. Yeah, who started? All right. So it's twenty. Not even twenty-five percent. All right. I mean, I think well, you might get one on LAFC. Uh, I think um, two on Columbus, maybe. I think oh. all twenty-two players, though, now identify as Americans, so we're good there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: this is what it was. LAFC. Had only two American starters on the pitch, Ryan Hollingshead and Kellen Acosta. <clears throat> so, um, yikes. Don't like Listen, that. Not, not, not going to lie. They kind of got their asses handed to them, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But, you but, know, you uh, talked about the NASL earlier in the, in the program, and it was like, you know, they used to have two American players they had, that you had to have, and even yeah. those were green card holders. So that's, it didn't really develop American players that much. Columbus Crew had three. Uh, Patrick Shelty, Aiden Morris, so I thought played really well, actually, and he's gotten a national team call-up, and Darlington Nabby. So, and, you know, it's not abnormal leagues around the world. England, Germany, Spain, a minority of the players are domestic, but I'm not sure at that level. No, uh, no. If you do look at some of the uh, English Premier League team rosters, you'll, you'll see only a couple of Brits on their team. But, um, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you're speaking to the NASL, I, I know... We're out of time, but I would love to do a show dedicated to the NASL. I guess back in the day, you were a New England team man fan. Uh, I was a Cosmos fan, and, you know, there was a poster of Ricky Davis up on my wall. And, you know, one of the problems I've had with modern-day American soccer is we forget our history. We forget our past. And Ricky Davis took a lot of lumps, a lot of shots. He was the face of American soccer, and he's a he's a really great stand-up guy. He was uh, a poster boy, yeah. Let's get, let's get him on the show, too. Missouri. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll do that when we get the MLS show on, and uh, it'll be good to get this uh, get this all up and running. So, uh, so, so much to talk about. So little time, Dave. Uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you joined the the OTB team. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun going ahead because you know you're sort of uh, in between my generation and what's happening uh, now with the younger generation. So we'll be able to cover a lot of ground, um, and it's a lot of fun. All right, everybody. Well, hold on, hold on, uh, hold on. Time out. How old are you? I'm uh, 27. Though so I've been. Mm-hmm. All right, so I doubled you in age then. No, no, no. Uh, I grad- I'll put it this way. I graduated from college in 84. How's that? Oh, you are an old man. So you know what? You should be in bed by now. I really should be. I just got out of bed. That's the problem. Oh. <laughs> I sat down for the first 15 minutes of the show. Are you kidding me? Um, all right. But I wish I had wrapped before you asked me the question of how old I was. All right, but <laughs> that's all the time we have today. Hey, I want to thank head coach Mike Noonan. Uh, he is uh, as busy as he can be, uh, as you can imagine with winning the national championship on Monday, jumping on with us on Tuesday. So we appreciate that. I want to thank Soccer America 
and Mike Wattola and Paul Kennedy over there with their trivia questions and all their content. Uh, sign up for them. And hey, look, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, TikTok, everything else. Show us uh, some really, love, people. Yeah, show the love. It really makes a difference as we head out and uh, get advertisers. We're, uh, we're the world's game from an American perspective. So we'll all talk to you next time, everybody, on OTV. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247.